Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Oh, welcome in to episode 106 of BJN Radio. Tyler Uremchuk and Cam Lewis with you. Coomzy, that did not go well. We were expecting uh, we were expecting a sweep, to be fair. Wrong side of the coin. Yeah, we were. I, I don't know if I was necessarily expecting a sweep. I had kind of a, a, a bit of a nervous anxiety going into that first game because it felt like... The Boston series, while the Jays did pull off a sweep, seemed like a pretty exhausting series, especially that last game. Ten innings went about nine and a half hours. You kind of figured, okay, they're coming back after that. They're going to be burnt out. But then they got pumped 12-0. And I didn't really expect that. And then in the second game, it's like, okay, Shoei Otani's pitching. Um, He's really good. They got to him earlier this season. Maybe they will again. But if they don't, you know, it makes some sense. But then they just got completely shut down. Just looked hapless at the plate. And then the third game, just totally inexcusable. You're going up against some like created, like AI generated pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Someone no one's ever heard of 5.5 ERA. And again, you just can't get anything done. It's it's shocking that the Blue Jays are this inconsistent. It's shocking that they can go on the road and win six of seven games in Yankee Stadium in Fenway and then return home to the crowd that was there this weekend and completely disappear. It's shocking. I, I, I don't really have words for how that happens or why. I guess I'm trying to just, just tell myself it's fatigue, but I don't know. That was a, that was a real downer. Yeah. Um, Tucker Davidson was the pitcher in the third game that just really shut them down. And it just doesn't make sense. Like this is a guy who the Rays got to. And I mean, granted, they only scored two runs, but at least they put up six hits. I mean, earlier this month, he got lit up by the Mariners and the Jays who are supposed to be this big, bad feared offense in the American League. That's what we were all expecting coming into the year. It's just been far too often where these no name pitchers we've never heard of come up and find a way to shut them down. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's like a mental thing. Like, are they going into these games against what I would describe as bad or inexperienced pitchers and thinking like, you know, tonight's the night we all hit home runs. You're going up there swinging for the fences. You're going out of your approach a little bit. You think it's going to be easy. And I mean, any pitcher who has a ball in a major league game, who's not named Yusei Kikuchi is never going to be easy to hit off of, but I, I just don't understand why or how there's just no, there's no reasonable explanation for it. There's nothing that the guys in that room or John Schneider can say about that trend. That'll make me be like, Oh yeah, that makes a little bit of sense because it's, it is like you said, inexcusable. No, it, it, it I, I quite honestly, yeah, I can't, I can't come to a conclusion as to why it is. It's, it's pitchers coming up from the minor leagues who have 
good numbers in the minors and then are bad in the majors and then finally have their best, their first good start against the Jays, or it's just some like random mop up guy that's been put in the rotation because of an injury. They just shut down the Jays. I don't know what it is. I'm randomly one thing that comes to mind for me. Some reason is all the way back in 2016 in the playoffs when Cleveland had to toss out that random guy. It was like Ryan Merritt or Ryan Mallett or something like that. And Jose Bautista said he's probably shaking in his boots. Why does it feel like it all started there? You think you cursed them? Yeah. I mean, I'm not really a guy who fully believes in curses. It's more just for like banter. It's just funny, but it seems like, and, 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 and there's nothing to this. I haven't kept track of any of uh, any of the situations they've had since then, but um, it feels like since that happened that they're just, the Jays are cursed to just get owned by shitty pitchers. Yeah. And, and this series was another good example of that. Um, I mean, let, well, let's get into it. Three up, three down, delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Promo code BJNPODDD gets first time users of the app 25% off and no delivery fees. Ding dong. Shout out to DoorDash. Um, okay, we'll get through this quickly because for ups, like there just really aren't any. Um, I mean, Manoa going toe to toe and pitching as well as he did against Otani. Sure. Stripling, I mean, only threw like 75 pitches and managed to get through six innings. If there was an up, it's the fact that they got really solid starts, in my opinion, from both Manoa, who was excellent and Stripling, who was fine. Um, That's maybe the only positive you can pull from this. Like there's not much else, is there? Yeah, I can't really think of anything. I'm looking through it all. The first game, Mitch White allows seven earned runs in five innings. It was the first time he's looked bad as a Blue Jay. Reality with Mitch White, he's a 5-6 starter. These are going to happen. It is what it is. You say Kikuchi pitched through three innings, but he allowed three earned ones. He only walked one guy and struck out six, so that's pretty cool, I guess. Um, (laughs) In the second game, it was, like you said, Alec Manoa was quite good. Um, There's been a lot of worry about his velocity. Maybe he's burning out towards the end of the season. He's never pitch that much but it was interesting seeing Manoa pitch and at the beginning of the game it was oh geez his velocity's all down but then it rose mm-hmm. during the game and he winds up going seven innings allows one earned uh strikes out eight unfortunately gets tagged with the L because Shoei Otani was literally unhittable and then like you said stripling six innings three earned quality start that's what he has continued to do but then the bullpen looked pretty bad after that Adam Simber allows a couple of earned runs Tim Mesa allow, allows an earned run David Phelps just wasn't an amazing day for the bullpen the Jays also just looked burnt out and sloppy defensively in that game too they just looked like they didn't really have kind of their a game and in what kind of felt like okay you just dropped two of the, the first two games of the series and they were like I said earlier they're somewhat excusable but in the third game it just oh. It felt like they're just the, 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 the killer instinct wasn't there. And I know that's kind of a lame thing to say, but that is how it felt watching it on TV. It just, it just felt like they're kind of like, uh, uh, and they had just already been defeated. Yeah. And I'm with you. Like we talked on the last pod, I said that first game with Mitch white, a guy who traditionally does not go late into ball games and the team was flying in late. I heard they didn't get into Toronto until like 4am or some, something like that. Um, the fact that it was white, not going deep after a series where the bullpen was taxed, that first game scared me. You nailed it with Otani in game two, but that third game and, and we're switching over to the downside of things right now. And that's where I'm going to start. Um, that's our first big down. This is really the first time this season. I'm going to like question the character of this ball club a little bit. I mean, you have a guy like George Springer, who you know, he know, he's going to go out there and battle and grind. And he's probably one of the guys standing up in that clubhouse being like, Hey, this isn't going to fly anymore. And he's probably holding guys accountable. But some of the other stuff in that ball game, like, again, you're trying to avoid the sweep on a Sunday at home when you're a month and a bit away from the end of the season, firmly in a playoff race. You have a weak opponent sitting across from you. 
and you just look borderline disinterested for most, most of that ball game. And, and nothing highlighted that more than that play by Teoscar Hernandez, which I know has obviously made the rounds. And on one hand, it's like, okay, he thought it was a routine play. So he wasn't going to sprint his way to second base because there was nothing for him to beat out. But that's just another instance of, man, if you go a buck 10, if you're, if you're truly playing like this is a playoff race, Teoscar's safe at two, Merrifield safe at one, a run comes in, the inning keeps going instead. He's jogging his way to second base, leisurely slides in once he realizes that there's maybe a play to be made or that he could potentially beat it out. Like that play right there encompasses what this team showed they were over the weekend. And it honestly, right now to me, I'm having a hard time like being Mr. Positive. It looks like a team that can't compete. Yeah, it's 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 not easy to come in after a series like this and feel good about what's going on. I mean, neither of us really want to write off the Jays all told. No. I think it's reasonable to sit here and be like, geez, that effort was just disappointing. It was it doesn't get you excited about what they can do down the stretch. And John Schneider has a quote that came out after Sunday's game, and he says, Look at the standings and understand that every game is important. Three hours out of your day needs to be completely focused on trying to win. That's the goal moving forward. That quote to me and having to say that is bad. That sucks. Like the fact that it kind of implies that there's players on the team that can't find focus or a reason to care about the games while they're happening. Is is that kind of what he's saying? Or am I just in a bad mood and I'm just reading into it poorly? I think that was a message. I think that was a message to a few guys in that clubhouse right now, um, whether it be Teoscar with that play or some of the guys in the field who are making lackluster plays. Um, I We're recording this at 2 o'clock Eastern time or just after 2 o'clock Eastern time uh, on game day against the Cubs. When the lineup comes out, I wouldn't be surprised if Teoscar's not in it. I think you have to send a message. Like that's a play point blank that cost you a run. At that point, it was a tight ball game and you're in a playoff race. If you're going to come out and say what John Schneider did, which you just read the quote of, you know, it's three hours a day. That seemed like a pretty pointed thing to like, hey, if you're not hustling and not paying attention the entire game, there's going to be consequences. And I don't think Schneider can come out and say that and then not walk the walk as well and, and show it in his lineup. So I would not be the least bit surprised when we eventually get the lineup, which might come out while we're recording, actually. Um, if, when we get the lineup, Teoscar's not playing or Teoscar's batting eighth or something like that. I, I think you need to send a message at this point. Yeah, and that was kind of the sentiment when Charlie Montoya was given the sack and John Schneider took over yeah. was, okay, everything's way too lax with Charlie. He doesn't hold the guys accountable because he's all positive, good vibes. Mm. And apparently the players didn't like that, which again, at the time, I remember I, I, I thought that's kind of weird. It seems like the guys should like Charlie because they should like that lax atmosphere. It seems like it really fits in with what they're doing. But now you have Schneider who's supposed to be more of a hockey coach, hard ass old school guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, not necessarily like full on that, but you know what I mean? Um, he's supposed to be like that. So I think we do kind of have to see him hold somebody accountable. And the, the player who stands out, like we've said is Tay Oscar because of that terrible base running. I mean, there are other guys who have yeah. looked pretty limp the past, it's just games here and there the past little while haven't really looked their best. And I mean, but the reality is given that base running air to Oscar is the one to kind of take the fall for what the team has looked like the past few days, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, there was some fielding errors there in the game too. I mean, that start in the first game of the series when Vladdy was booting the ball all over the place, like that can't be happening. And then Vladdy made another error in the third game. Bo Bichette had not only an error in the second game, but there was a couple other plays in that series where I sat there and went, 
I mean, a high-end shortstop makes that play, gets you an out when you really need one. And Bo's showing right now that he's clearly not that guy. It, it hasn't been his year. I'm still one of the people who's willing to write it off as just a poor yeah. season. But I mean, like we've seen with Matt Chapman, Matt Chapman is a high-end elite defender. And when the bat's not going, Matt Chapman is still out there bringing value because he's making defensive plays. With Bo, it feels like he's struggling at the plate and that immediately is affecting his ability to field, which isn't great to begin with. It feels like he's someone who kind of carries his at-bats out to the field. And that's something you hear a lot of established major leaguers kind of say, like, you can't do that. Matt Chapman is an example. He doesn't do that. If he goes 0 for 4 and it's the bottom of the ninth, he's still the guy who's going to make a big play on his backhand and throw someone out at first. So I, I think the first down we've kind of agreed on here is just the general lack of, I don't know, I don't want to call it lack of concern with where their season sits right now. But the lack of compete level this team showing is like bland and cliche as that sounds. That really a problem. It is. It is. It's um, you need to see the team be locked in right now. And I mean, teams lose games. Teams. Yeah. Sometimes you have to tip your cap. The other team plays well. The other team wins. That's just the way it goes. You're not going to yep. win 162 games. And just because the Angels suck doesn't mean they're, you know, they're going to get pushed aside. But <laughs> like we've kind of we've, we've we're kind of beating the dead horse here. But you kind of just have to say it over and over again is just the. You 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 lose the first two games of a series against a team like Anaheim, and you're like, yeah, got to come out in that Sunday, and it should feel like a must-win game, and it just didn't. And it's unfortunate because that Saturday game, it really things felt things mm -hmm. felt tense. It felt it felt like the team was really, um, you know, they were really trying to grind out a playoff-style win. You know, you have Otani pitching, and again, the Angels aren't a playoff team, but when Otani's pitching, they kind of are a playoff team. They're they're of that caliber when that caliber of pitcher is pitching. And I thought like, even though they got nothing done that game, it looked like they were in the zone. It looked like they were focused. They were trying. And then on Sunday that just disappeared. And it's, it's, it's really hard to wrap your head around it. But at the end of the day, I mean, uh, maybe we should just say, look, that Boston series and that series in New York back to back, that's draining stuff, late flight, come back, bad vibes. Just put it in the rear view mirror. You got two shitty opponents coming up again here, Chicago and Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll forget this Anaheim series if they can kick the piss out of these two teams. But if they come out on Monday, which is today again, and it just looks like a lazy disinterested effort with just plays that could be made, not being yeah. made non-competitive at bats, swinging through balls, um, base running errors, shit like that. Then I don't know. Then you have to kind of ask the question, what's going on here? Is this, is this group able to get it done? I don't know. The second down I kind of have here is just, I mean, we talked about lack of competitive at bats. That wasn't, that was the most apparent when they had chances to drive guys in first game of the series, they go 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. They leave 12 runners on base. Second game of the series 0 for 2 with runners in scoring position, four batters left on base. Third game of the series, one for nine with runners in scoring position, 11 batters left on base. If you lost count while I was doing that, that would be a total of 27 hitters left on base. That would be 0 for 2. So that'd be 1 for 11 plus 0 for 8. So you'd be 1 for 19, I believe is the math on that. I hate doing math on the fly, but I think it's 1 for 19 with runners in scoring position. And they managed to score a grand total of three runs in the series. They never at any point had a multi-run inning where they got some sort of a rally going. Um, the bats, again, this was supposed to be a feared offense. This is supposed to have pitchers shaking in their boots a little bit. <laughs> and it hasn't like all year, man. It's just been so hard to get any sort of sustained success out of this offense. It's wildly yeah, frustrating. It's always seemed like they're on the cusp of pulling yeah. it together. We were so excited after the Boston series. We were saying, you know what? Like, it looks like they've locked in. Not everyone's at their best necessarily, but 
every for the most part players are looking good they're hitting they're having locked in at bats the bench is contributing but it's it's a it's it's amazing in baseball how quickly things can change yep. and we are vibes ahead of this uh, Anaheim series. We were so positive, so excited. It looked like they we're going to just rip and go the whole way. But now we're so doom and gloom. I think, I guess, the thing for us to take and for everyone to take is they weren't as good as we thought they were when they did six of seven against New York and Boston. And they are not as bad as we think they are right now. Mm-hmm. It's I think we should just look at it and be like, you know what? The the major league baseball season is a long grueling marathon. Mm-hmm. And there's just going to be parts in the middle of that where you look like total dog shit. I'm not going to, now that I've kind of got my rant out, I'm not going to, I'm not going to write them off just yet. Though that being said with these six games coming up, if they don't, if, if, if they don't have a bit more of a killer instinct coming into these next six games being like, we should go five and one, six and oh here. And it doesn't look like that efforts there then. Yeah. I think we can worry a bit more, but I think, I think we should ultimately just chalk this up to a little bit of burnout in the middle of what's been a pretty busy stretch, I guess. I don't know. Yep. Maybe that sounds soft, but whatever. I don't want to be too negative. Yeah. And that's fair. I mean, like you said, six, what you would call very winnable games coming up here with the Cubs and Pirates on the schedule. Uh, you're at home for three more. So a chance to maybe rest up a little bit. You don't have a travel day in between the loss to LA in this series against the Chicago Cubs either. So like that's, that's an interesting opportunity for them to maybe catch their breath. Um, but like the schedule hits you hard and you know what it is because after this series against Chicago, you're going to be on the road for the first 11 days of September. You start with a series against the Pirates. You're not back at home until the 12th of September to take on the Tampa Bay Rays for a crucial five game, five game Tampa. Yeah, that's, um, you, that's, that's not an easy series at all. No, it's not. And the nice thing, I mean, you could say it's a nice thing. They do have a couple of days off mixed in here. They're off on Thursday. They're off the following Thursday, September 8th as well. So a couple of breaks in the schedule. But I mean, like you got a four, you're staring down a four gamer with Baltimore coming up in about a week here. Like you have to figure out your baseball team here. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. 
Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's getting a little concerning here for me, especially when you look at the standings right now, which uh, I, I like the idea, Coombsy, of our AL wildcard race is brought to you by Montana's because the AL wildcard race is hashtag Montana's messy. You can get Montana's messy with all you can eat rib fest on from now until September 12. Check it out. Montana's.ca. Find a location near you. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays sit alone atop the AL wildcard 70 and 57. They are half a game up on the Toronto Blue Jays here, Seattle right around there as well. And then Toronto, who is a game and a half clear of the Baltimore Orioles. So uh, the Jays got some work to do if they want to catch up on Tampa and that one and a half game difference. Uh, what do we got here? Tampa's taking on Miami. So that's, that's not great news for the Jays. Baltimore at least gets Cleveland. So you could sit there and be like, oh, that's somewhat good news. But Seattle's taking on Detroit. Like the Jays schedule is easy, but those other teams also have an easy schedule as well. So not great. And as we've seen with the way the Jays have done against easy teams this year is they don't always necessarily come through and there isn't really a pattern or a rhyme or a reason, you know, it was going on the road to Oakland and having a hard time. Well, that was a road series and they were on the West coast. So they're exhausted. Uh, sure. That's the excuse. Well, now they're at home with Anaheim and they have a bad time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's no real rhyme or reason to which bad team they play poorly against. There's kind of a little bit of a looming worry that maybe when they play bad teams, they play down to that level, which you don't necessarily want to see because you really have to capitalize on bad teams because like you said there are a lot of bad teams in major league baseball and the teams you're competing with are also playing bad teams and for the most part i think they're doing a slightly better job of capitalizing i mean to be fair the yankees just lost two of four to oakland um tampa just lost two of three to boston meanwhile baltimore wins two of three with houston it's really weird we're seeing really weird results all over the place but at the end of the day it's chicago it's pittsburgh they are not good the Jays have to win these games because they need to create some distance between themselves and the Orioles because they play them a whole bunch more times and the Orioles don't look like they're giving up this year. They, it seems like they really believe they can sneak in and do this thing. They can, you know, it, it's, it's kind of reminiscent of the Jays in 2020 young team rebuilding. I know that's different because there was yeah. eight team playoff field that year. So it's a bit different, but it just felt like a team without really any expectations, pulling it together and believing they could do it. And then that's what you have with Baltimore this year. So they're not going to be easy to play. And the same thing with Tampa, like you want to win these games against bad teams. So you don't have to go like, I don't know, eight and three against Tampa in August, September to catch them. Like that's just such a difficult thing to do. The schedule is going to be so fucking hard down the stretch. That last bit of September is going to be such a grind. So the Jays have to absolutely have to win some games here. Yeah, they do like Chicago, Pittsburgh and Texas from September 9th to 11th. That's really the last sort of easy blips on the schedule here for the Toronto Blue Jays. The rest of them, we like doing this every podcast. But again, it's a lot against Baltimore, a lot against Tampa, series against New York, series against the Boston Red Sox. Like you have this last stretch of games to sort of give yourself a little bit of a cushion by beating up on the bad teams, hopefully getting some breaks on the out of town scoreboard as well. But this is really your last stretch here to beat up on bad opponents and get some momentum going here. So let's take a look ahead at this series coming up against the Chicago Cubs. It is three at the dome. It starts 
tonight, 707 first pitch Cubs and Blue Jays. Our friends over at Points Bet Canada, they have the Jays as favorites at minus 240 on the money line, minus 121 on the run line as well. How about this though? Jose Barrios to record the win at plus 125. I also like Barrios over five and a half strikeouts at minus 110. Barrios is starting to turn it around, Coombsy. It's been back-to-back, really solid starts for the for Barrios. Um, he's hit that strikeout prop and back-to-back as well, which I like. Um, the, the, if they want to turn it around, getting, what, five more really good starts from Barrios down the stretch, that goes a long way. Yeah, getting a big start from Jose Barrios here would be key because... This unfortunately follows our pattern of a game in which the Jays are going to probably have a difficult time with the pitcher. Javier Assad is a guy who's made one start at the big league level. He went four innings, has a zero ERA. His ERA on the minors was 2.66. I think he was split between double A AA and triple A this season. Uh, so this is a guy looking for his first big league win. Pretty good numbers in the minors. So is probably going to be a guy the Jays have a hard time with. Uh, the hope is, okay, he only went four innings in his first career start. Let's hope that's a thing again. I don't know. Uh, Jose Barrios, like you said, he's been good his last two starts. We need, the Jays need Jose Barrios to be Jose Barrios the rest of the way. Uh, there isn't really enough room for error that he can lay too many more eggs. So let's hope that he's got whatever has gone on this season sorted out because as I've said a million times, if he does well down the stretch, we'll just forget about what happened earlier this season. But the Jays right now can't really afford one of those two, three inning Jose Barrio starts that he's had before. Yeah, no, they can't. Um, the, some other good news for the Jays is that they're going to have Kevin Gosman on the bump in the second game of the series across from him though, will be Marcus Stroman. Uh, you are not, you are not a very big Marcus Stroman fan. But would you be the least bit surprised if what we see in that second game is Stroman pitching a gym and barking at that Jays dugout? Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm like a, I'm not like a hater of Marcus Stroman or anything. I think it's more just kind of fun to be an, a bit of an antagonist towards that guy. It's just kind of funny. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. What you said is absolutely accurate. And I think Jays fans were kind of like the, the fandom's kind of split down the middle as to how we feel about Stroman. I think a lot of people are just like, oh, geez, this guy seemed like a real ass in the room. He seemed like a pain in the ass. Um, a lot of people are just like, I love his swagger. It's fun. Yeah. It's exciting. Great personality. Um, totally split down the middle here. But I think once he, cause he's never pitched against the Jays before. Right. So they traded him back in July of 2019 uh, to the Mets. And then, just never really saw me sign with the Chicago Cubs this off season. And since he's been in the national league, just hasn't happened. So this will be our first time to see Marcus Stroman do his thing against us and at home too. So, you know, he's yep. going to be dancing around on the mound. He's going to be chirping guys when they strike out or ground out or whatever. It's honestly a real shame that, I mean, as great as it is to have Kevin Gosman going, uh, it's kind of a shame that it didn't line up being Stroman versus Manoa. Cause I don't know. That just would have been funny. Two very animated pitchers, maybe beaking back and forth at each other would have been very entertaining, but I I'm, I'm, I'm very certain we're going to come out of that game with people being like, man, fuck Marcus Stroman. God, that guy's frustrating. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, so it's going to be Gosman versus Stroman in the second game. Uh, Mitch white is going to likely get the third game here for the Toronto blue Jays. Um, let me ask you this with a day off coming on Thursday, would you at all mess with this rotation? Would you at all consider going down to a four man rotation or is it way too early here in this playoff push to be talking about that? Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely too early. There just isn't necessarily the depth to execute that. I'm not sure. 
I'm just not sure that they could. I, I don't know if I have enough faith in everybody in the current rotation to go down to four guys, because if you have one of those starts, which I mean, Barrios, as we've said, has been prone to even Kevin Gosman's had some shorter starts. It's hard to say if Ross Stripling can keep up being this good the whole way. Uh, Alec Mano is already well over his career high in innings. Uh, I think you're just best doing the Mitch White thing and seeing if it works. I think that you're kind of risking wearing out your bullpen if you go down to four guys. Yeah. But I understand the the argument to it. But I think Mitch White had a bad start in his last go, but he did look very good before that. I think I think they should just keep rolling with that. Yeah. And again, if you can't beat the Chicago Cubs with your fifth starter, you probably don't deserve to be a playoff team anyways. So I, I think you need to keep it going. And the other thing too is on one end, it's like, okay, three off days in September, maybe just, just with that fact alone, you'd go, Hey, maybe there's a chance for them to cut this rotation down to four once in there and maybe use the day offs to, to keep everyone on track. But you have a doubleheader on Monday, the fifth against the Orioles, a doubleheader on Tuesday, the 13th against the Tampa Bay Rays. You can't, I mean that right there, unless you want to go with a bullpen day that forces you right there to more or less cut it down to a four man rotation in terms of the rest guys are getting. So um, I, w- I wanted to ask the question because I know it would be asked, um, but I, I would not do it. I wouldn't even really consider it all that seriously. As, as, as a question, now that you mentioned those double headers, who's your spot start starter? Is it Kikuchi? Oh my God. Okay. So um, Coomzy, Coomzy. I don't, I, Ooh, ah, <laughs> Damn it. I was having a good day. Um, no, you weren't. No, you're talking about the Blue Jays. Yeah, that's by a, the Angels. That's really Since Kikuchi has been moved to the bullpen, his first appearance was August 18th against the New York Yankees. He's now pitched a total of five innings. He's allowed four hits over those five innings, four earned runs, given up two dingers and walked five. So basically walking an average of one guy per inning, basically giving up one hit per inning and giving up eh, just a hair under one run per inning. That would be an ERA up in the eight range or whatever the hell it'd be. Um, uh, I don't think you can trust them. I think you're better off. I, I think you're better off again, just telling guys they got to pitch on a little bit of shorter rest. I, 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 I honestly think that's the play. Yeah. And there's nobody else really from AAA that I think you're particularly comfortable calling up Thomas Hatch's start that he had back in July. The spot start was a mess. Uh, Casey Lawrence wasn't really able to like effectively log innings. Uh, Max Castillo, the one guy who was doing a pretty good job with the multi-inning spot starts was traded in the Whit Merrifield deal. So you got to hope that your, your five guys you have keep going because unfortunately I do think if you need to throw somebody in to make a start, even if it's only three innings, Kikuchi's the guy. Ricky Tiedemann. Sure. Fuck it. Let's just add Ricky Tiedemann <laughs> to the 40 man and have him come up and air it out and see what happens. Honestly, I'm not opposed to it. Uh, the last start Tiedemann would have made was a few days ago on August 26th with double a New Hampshire. Um, he ended up pitching three innings, didn't allow a hit. He's gone back to back starts with exactly three innings with exactly no hits. Uh, he's walked three guys in that span. He's hit a batter. Um, but I mean, I don't know, maybe if you want to try spark this team, he struck out seven guys, by the way, in those six, he's, he's, he's right now on that, um, what do they call that? The development list where they allow a guy to go down to the complex for like a week. It's not an injury. It's just kind of, it seems like when you're doing a thing like that, you're limiting a guy's innings and working on specific stuff. It seems like when you're doing that, there is kind of a thought 
that maybe this guy could be added to the 40 and join the bullpen in September when the rosters expand. It kind of seems like it, but are they actually going to have, what is Tiedemann just turned 20? I think, are they really going to have a guy start in high a and make his way all the way up? I mean, they did it with Alejandro Kirk in 2020. It's I, Roberto Osuna as well back in uh, 2015. I think he made the jump out of spring training all the way from high a Miguel Castro as well. So eh, that's a different front office that did that, but it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, and hey, when you look at uh, when you look at the way they vaulted Manoa through that system, right? Yeah. Like he, I, granted, he got Triple A starts in, right? He had 18 innings in Triple A that season before they actually brought him up. But they've shown that they can. They got a quick, quick trigger finger sometimes when it comes to stuff like this. And yes, Ricky Tiedemann's only 20, but Ricky Tiedemann's six foot four, 220 pounds. He's not built like your average 20 year old. Um, I, I don't think it's likely. I think we're just kind of having some fun with that idea, but it would be, a, it's a fun idea. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I, I think it's completely reasonable to talk about. It's major league baseball in 2022 is very different than major league baseball in 2012 or 2002 yeah. or whatever. Yep. Uh, back then it was inconceivable to have a guy rocket through the entire system and come up, but now life's very different. You have, kind of minor league baseball and the importance of that two teams is disappearing a bit. They, they, they like their alt site complex thing where they can teach guys specific stuff, coach them and just send them up and let it rip. Uh, if, if there's struggles with the bullpen or if they're in need of another guy, I, I really don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's impossible to see that happening, especially when the roster expands to 28. I mean, sure. Yeah. Why not? He's probably going to be on the team next year. So you may as well add him to the 40 now. Get it over with. Why not? Uh, all right. So we both say they need a sweep in order to put the Angel series behind them. Even that, though, wouldn't give me a ton of confidence in this ball club. Like, even if they rolled, scored like 21 runs in three games, I think I might sit here and be like, hey, maybe they're starting to like find their groove, but I certainly wouldn't declare them as any sort of a threat to go deep. This team needs to have sustained success, Coombsy. And that's going to be more than three against the Cubs. That's going to be more than three against the Pirates. Uh, you could argue it's going to be more than four against the Orioles as well. They really, really have to show that they have the, to use a little cliche, the heart of a champion. They got to dig deep, get some big wins. Yeah, they do. And yeah, honestly, you got to, I, I, I can't see us feeling very good if they do anything less than five and one, even like a four and two in this situation, given the three games lost to Anaheim. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't make inspire. you feel good. Nope. Wouldn't make you feel good. All right, well, let's. Uh, here's to hoping that they start off this little stretch against bad baseball teams with a three-game sweep at the Cubs. Shout out to our friends at DoorDash, Montana's, hashtag Get Montana's Messy at All You Can Eat Rib Fest on now until September 12th. And our friends at PointsBet Canada, if you're sports better in Ontario, download the app, check it out. They got a little welcome bonus as well. Coomzy, you try your absolute best to enjoy this series. I will try my absolute best to enjoy this series. You as well. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 